Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Did you know that Jesus said that every one of us needs a spiritual rebirth if we are to go to heaven? It is only those who have spiritual life in Jesus Christ that can go to heaven to be with him. Let's open our Bible to John chapter 3 and look at this incredible principle of spiritual life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It's a Monday morning here in Texas and uh, man, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hopefully y'all are just continuing to spend time with Jesus. Just, uh, we say it all the time, living for Jesus, loving for Jesus, giving for Jesus and forgiving for Jesus. We, we want to do everything unto Jesus Christ when we when we don't feel like doing things, you know, because we just have a heart to do it, we want to do it out of obedience and love and devotion to Jesus. And, uh, and, and many times, perhaps even most times in life, again, we want to we wanna love people, we want to give to people, we want to forgive, um, we just want to live our lives in Jesus Christ, and oftentimes we, we don't have a heart to do that in those times, especially we want to make a choice to do what we know Jesus would have us to do. So hopefully you're growing to know Jesus, spending time with him, spending time in the scriptures and the word of God, um, just spending time in prayer and in thanksgiving, uh, spending time praising him and worshiping him. Um, there's, there's really nothing in our life that we do that's of, uh, of more value or benefit than uh, the time we spend with Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Today, we're going to continue in John 3. Um, today, we're going to do verses 5, 6, 7, and 8. Last time, we did verses 1 through 4. Again, the magnitude of these verses is just tremendous. It's overwhelming. We're going to go ahead and pray, uh, invite the Lord into our time, and we will get rolling. Well, Father, we do thank you for your mercy and favor and goodness in our lives. Father, we thank you for the incredible word of God. Father, above all, we thank you for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we worship you and we thank you. We thank you for becoming a human man for us, living a perfect life for us, dying a perfect death for us. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are alive and risen. Holy Spirit, we worship you and thank you. We ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open the word of God. We ask for eyes that see and ears that hear. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, John 3, verses 5, 6, 7, and 8. You'll recall in verse 4, uh, Jesus has told Nicodemus, that you cannot see the kingdom of God. Things will not make sense. You won't really understand anything unless you're born again. And in verse four, we talked about this last time, Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked, surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. So you see how Nicodemus is saying to Jesus, this, this thing you're talking about being born again, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, again, perhaps, G, uh, perhaps Nicodemus was thinking about, um, 
that perhaps he was thinking that Jesus was was speaking metaphorically or was trying to teach some some deep moral truth, uh, or perhaps just like happens to us oftentimes, all he can see is the physical. Jesus is talking about a spiritual rebirth, and Nicodemus says, surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born, um, in, which is certainly true, but Jesus is not speaking of a, of a physical birth. He, Jesus is talking about a spiritual rebirth. Um, and so in response to that, Jesus says in verses five through eight, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Verse six, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Seven, you should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. In verse eight, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Wow, thank you, Lord Jesus. So in response to, to Nicodemus saying, Surely you cannot enter a second time into your mother's womb to be born, which of course is true. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and spirit. And we're going to talk about what does he mean by that? What does Jesus mean that you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you are born of water and spirit? No, it's interesting how in verse three, Jesus said that, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Remember, Jesus goes to uh, Nicodemus goes to Jesus and and says, "Lord, you know, you know, no one could really do the miraculous signs you're doing unless you know he were from God." And Jesus, you know, Nicodemus is just wanting to know and understand Jesus. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. And Jesus is saying, you're not going to be able to understand Nicodemus. <clears throat> you're not going to have any understanding of anything until you come into spiritual life, right? Meaning nothing's going to make sense to you until you have spiritual life. And as we talked about last time, um, it's only in Jesus Christ, when Jesus comes to live inside of us and becomes one with us in spirit, at that point we become spiritually alive. The spirit of Jesus, when he joins himself, the Holy Spirit joins himself to our spirit, we have an explosion of life and we become spiritually alive as well as naturally or physically alive. And now, a spiritually alive person, right? We're, we're now a child of God. Our God, the father is now our heavenly father, right? <clears throat> and we are his children because God is spirit. The Bible says, right? Um, and we, as his children are spirit beings as well, but we have to be alive spiritual beings. We talked about last time how we were born with a sinful nature, that all human beings are born sinful, right? Um, with a desire to have our own way. And because we're sinful, we, we are immoral. We have, we have sinful thoughts, we speak sinful words, and we, we do sinful actions, sinful deeds. Because of that sinful nature that we have, we, 
We come into the world when we exit our mother's womb. We're physically or naturally alive, but our spirit is dead to God. Jesus is saying, unless we're born again spiritually, unless we come into spiritual life, and that can only happen in Jesus Christ, nothing will make sense to us. We will not be able to understand anything because we cannot hear from God, communicate with God, right? Uh, we can have no relationship with God because God is spirit, right? Um, unless we are spiritually alive, right? The flesh, our physical person, does not have community with God, right? Our spirit, which is made alive again only in Jesus Christ, is how we have relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the triune God, right? And so we talked about last time, again, the necessity to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul. And when we do that, we become spiritually alive by the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit becoming one with us, right? And now in that, the word of God starts to make sense for us. Um, we, we start to have a desire to spend time with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And this whole thing, the whole deal of Jesus, right, and God in heaven, it all starts to make a little bit of sense. And we spend the rest of our lives growing to know him and, and uh, having greater knowledge and understanding and insight into Jesus, into our Heavenly Father, and into the Holy Spirit um, as a child of our heavenly father, right? As the bride of Christ, right? You remember I said the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit becomes one with our spirit, right? When we when we receive Christ as Savior, when we ask him to come into our heart, well, when, when the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit becomes one with our spirit, we're married to Jesus. Just like a man and wife are married physically, they become one physically through sexual intimacy, right? Well, when you become one with Jesus, you become one with him spiritually, right? We're united with Jesus and we're forever one with Jesus Christ, right? And we're called the bride of Christ. We're part of this big spiritual body called the body of Christ, right? That's a spiritual body of believers. And so again, Jesus is explaining to Nicodemus that he has to be a spiritually alive being for this to happen. But what, what I want to notice is that in verse 3, he says, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. But in verse 5, he says, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born again. So not only can we not see or understand anything, that has anything to do with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, unless we have this spiritual life through Jesus Christ. But we cannot go to heaven. We cannot enter the kingdom of God either. Okay? It's only in Jesus Christ. It's only as a spiritually alive child of God with our sins forgiven, right, that we can go to heaven when we die. So we ask this almost every teaching. Have you received Jesus Christ into your heart for the forgiveness of your sins, for the salvation of your soul, and for, for the rebirth of your spirit? Is Jesus Christ living in your heart, 
Romans 10, 13 promises that, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you genuinely gone to Jesus and confessed that you're a sinful person, that you need a savior and you're helpless and hopeless, nothing you can do? Have you gone to him and told him that you believed, Lord Jesus, that that you are the son of God and that you came and lived a perfect life for me and died a perfect death for me and that, Jesus, I believe you're alive and risen. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and to be the Lord of my life and to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. I place all my faith and trust and confidence in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. Have you come to Jesus to receive him that you might be born again, Scott? Right? Have you come to him, May? Right? Have we come to him, Stephen, and given our lives to him? Are we generally trusting? Are you genuinely trusting in Jesus Christ entirely and only for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul? And have you asked him to come and live in your heart? That's how we, that's how we get to be born again spiritually, spiritually alive, right? Now, this would have been for Nicodemus. Try to, try to imagine this now, y'all, okay? This man, Nicodemus, probably doubled Jesus' age, at least, probably between 60 and 70. It told us earlier in the chapter that he was a member of the Jewish ruling council, right? He was a Pharisee. This guy is, 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 is a leader, you know, very high up in the, you know, in the religious order. We said this last time, when Nicodemus comes walking, people step out of the way. They part for Nicodemus, right? Um, and we talked about how, I think we talked about, but how this man would have had a tremendously prominent position. Everywhere he went, he would have been shown respect, okay? Everywhere he went, people would have sought his counsel, sought his advice, sought his blessing, sought his prayers, right? And oftentimes, that kind of prominence, that kind of attention, right? That kind of position can very easily lead us to be very prideful, right? To think that we have everything we need, to think that we are self-sufficient, right? Not only that, Nicodemus is, is, a, is a very earnest man, as we can see here. He does go to Jesus. He does the most important thing. He came to Jesus, it said, right? Um, verse two, he came to Jesus. The four most important words in the world. He came to Jesus, right? Um, and he's humbling himself before Jesus. We talked about how this is an incredible scene because, uh, you have the older man posturing himself in tremendous humility before the younger man, and Jesus doesn't correct him, right? The posture that Nicodemus has, because he goes to Jesus, he receives these truths from Jesus. If Nicodemus was prideful, as most of the other Pharisees and Sadducees and religious leaders and teachers of the law and the rest of the ruling council, if he was prideful as they were, he would not have come to know Christ as he did right? But he humbles himself. He goes to Jesus, again, as an extremely prominent man, um, and his heart is open. 
Now he goes to Jesus and Jesus gives them, he gives them these principles that, that he cannot fathom because Nicodemus understands what Jesus is saying when he says, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Jesus tells him twice, okay, that you cannot enter the kingdom of God, Nicodemus. You cannot see the kingdom of God, right? And Nicodemus is, 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 he's like, it's blowing his mind. In verse nine, and we're going to talk about this next time. He says, how can this be? Nicodemus asked. That's the whole verse nine, right? Um, but Nicodemus knows what Jesus is saying. He doesn't know the operation of it. And Jesus is going to explain to him in verse eight that he doesn't know. He doesn't need to understand, nor will he ever understand the complete operation of the spirit of God, right? Or the works of the triune God. Um, we will never understand it completely, right? We'll spend all eternity growing to know them, right? More deeply. Um, but when Jesus says the second time, Nicodemus has to face this, this one tremendous truth that, that, all that he is, all that he's done, all the time he spent memorizing the Bible, there's a good chance he knew the first five books of the Bible completely. And if you want to do that, go, go look at how long Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy are. I mean, it's that thick, right? There's a possibility Nicodemus spent his life memorizing all those. Um. Again, he's educated, extremely educated. He is very high up in the religious order, right? Try to try to try to imagine that, you know, you know, if you're like Catholic and, and you're up there and you're just uh, you know, you're just a few levels from the Pope, right? You're pretty big up there, right? Um, you have some huge position, right? That's where Nicodemus would have been, right? Like, like one of those guys in Rome who were just one or two levels down from the Pope. Nicodemus would have been way up there. Nicodemus is an earnest man, right? As we can see, he's a, he's a fine man. He humbles himself before Jesus. And he is part of the religious order. He, he's part of the Jewish immense history. He's a, a son of Abraham, right? It's like... It's like if you were born in the Catholic Church or something, right? And you gone and you got christened or when you were uh, an infant, right? And you went up and you made your communion and your uh, confirmation and you did all the things. And Jesus is saying, none of that is sufficient. You lived an amazing life, Nicodemus. You've done everything. None of it is sufficient. None of your religion is sufficient. None of your heritage is sufficient. The fact that you're you're a son of Abraham, that doesn't do it for you, right? The fact that you went to, to seminary, the fact that you're one of the most educated men in the world, the fact that you're even a fairly earnest and good man, Nicodemus, as men go, none of that is enough. You do not have what you presently need, Nicodemus, to enter the kingdom of God, to go to heaven, or to even understand it. Try to imagine the radicalness of that. And that's the case in our life today. Nothing, right? Nothing we have in the way of religion, right? No position we have. You could be the Pope of the Catholic Church, okay? 
Um, you can again be the 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 lead pastor of mass uh, of 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 the of of the of the Baptist assemblies, right? Of the you 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 can have the highest positions anywhere, okay? But none of that, no none of the fact that you're a pastor, that you're a teacher, that you're an elder, that you're a deacon, um, that you're a Knight of Columbus, that you're a that you're a priest, that you're a pope, right? That you're a bishop, right? None of that is enough. None of that gets you to heaven. None of that helps you go to heaven. Jesus said, I tell in, in the other version, this says most assuredly. Here it says, I tell you the truth, okay? Um, the other version says most assuredly, okay? That there, there can be no doubt of this, right? No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and spirit. Now, what does this mean? So you notice he didn't say no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's good, unless he does all these good works, unless he's, you know, a fine man, unless he's earnest. None of those things help you. Jesus said you only enter the kingdom of God by being born of water and spirit. There is debate by what he means here by being born of water and spirit. Um... Um, some people think that this means the, the, the waters of baptism, that after we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, right? Um, we go to, you know, we go to, uh, we go to be baptized, but, but baptism doesn't save us. Christening certainly doesn't save us. Um, uh, nothing we do physically saves us, right? Some believe, and this is, this is perhaps what it means, some people believe that uh, when he says born of water, water is often, often used as a, uh, you know, to, 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 to symbolize the word of God, right? Uh, I believe it's Ephesians 5, 26, saying that husbands, are, their job is to wash their, their wives in the water of the word of God, right? I'm washing them in the water of the word. So the word of God is often represented as a cleansing agent and as a washing agent, right? Um, and so there is a possibility that Jesus is saying we have to be born based on the word of God, the gospel of God and what Jesus Christ has done, trusting in him and of the, the spirit that comes to live in our hearts, right? Which is certainly true, as we said, right? Being born of water and spirit, being born of the word of God and the spirit of God. Um. Or very, very possibly, it very well could mean that there, you know, there are two births. If Jesus is saying this, you know, like this, uh, Rebecca, right? Uh, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and spirit, Nicodemus, right? So, you know, Kristen, when we when we come into the world physically, and this is not my lane really, but it is my understanding that when you're in the womb. It is like a, a, a sack of water that we come out of, right? Does that make sense? Um, so very well, he's saying, well, you know, you cannot enter the kingdom of God if you're not first born physically and you come out of the, the, the womb or the, the sack of water, right, that we, we come out of when we exit the womb, right? And then, so you have to be born naturally alive, but then you also must be born by the spirit so that 
you come in having natural life, but it's only by the Holy Spirit that you have spiritual life. So it very well could mean that as well. Okay. We're obviously not told, but does that make sense to you? Right. Uh, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and spirit. So the natural birth, when we exit the womb or the sack of water that, that apparently we're in, in the womb. Um, and so our natural life, but then we also have to be born and being, uh, and being given spiritual life through the Holy Spirit coming to live inside us and joining himself to us and giving us spiritual life, right? Verse six, um, he presses the matter. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit, capital S, gives birth to spirit, small s. So again, we talked about how that happens. And again, if, he, if that is what he's talking about, so when you came out of your mother's womb, flesh gave birth to flesh, but now you have to have a spiritual rebirth as well. And that can only happen through the Holy Spirit, through the Spirit of Jesus Christ coming to live inside of you and regenerating you, giving, taking you from spiritual death to a resurrection in your spirit to spiritual life, right? Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. Verse 7. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again, okay? Nicodemus is clearly surprised. He is, uh, again, uh, his whole paradigm has been rocked, right? Again, brought up in all the Jewish traditions, brought up to know the Holy Scriptures, brought up to live according to the Scriptures, right? looking for the coming Messiah, right? Brought up, educated, right? Nicodemus, a Greek name, he's an educated man. Then going to the schools to, to be a Pharisee, to be a, a religious leader, he had grown up to be a member of the Jewish ruling council, it tells us, again, which would have been a very lofty position, very desirous. Um, and again, above all that, a child of Abraham, and yet, Jesus is saying you shouldn't be surprised about this, right? You should not be surprised. I mean, it's, I wonder how often Jesus says these words to us, right? Jesse, you should not be surprised at my saying, right? Um, oftentimes, the words of Jesus are, are, are so overwhelming, and yet, what they would have been like in the time of Jesus to try to understand them is uh, is, is really beyond our comprehension, okay? Um, because again, Jesus is telling Nicodemus that, that where you are currently will not get you to heaven. All the things you've done will not get you to heaven, right? You need a, a spiritual rebirth, Nicodemus, if you're to go to heaven. Right. And um, so obviously he is surprised um, that that he doesn't understand this. And look what Jesus says in verse eight. He says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. So. Uh, Jesus is basically telling Nicodemus that, you know, uh, 
that you're not going to understand God, the Holy Spirit, and all his movements, right? He goes like the wind, right? Even today, right, with all our science and understanding, we, we don't have a whole lot of understanding of the wind. We, we have some understanding of how it works and stuff. But, you know, when you walk outside, you can't really tell what's going on. The wind blows wherever it pleases, right? We hear it. You don't know if you go outside and says, you know, that wind, where is it coming from or where did it originate from? <laughs> no idea, right? Um, and, and we don't know where it's going after it's blown by us, right? We really don't. And this is the case with the Spirit of God and the workings of the Spirit of God and just the, uh, the profoundness of how the Spirit of God works. And, and, and undoubtedly, the greatest work of the Holy Spirit of God is in the regeneration and giving new life to those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, right? Um, and, and to try to understand it is, uh, Jesus is telling Nicodemus, is you don't have to really understand it all, but you do have to accept it. Okay, and for many of us, the whole the whole aspect of faith, right, and just it is a hard thing, where where we have to believe the word of God by faith. We have to take God at his at his word, right? Um, and sometimes that that's hard for us. We want to have this. Uh, we should search the scriptures. We should ask questions. Biblical Christianity allows us to ask, ask questions and to try to have a deeper understanding and to make sense of it all. But we're never going to completely understand it. Okay, We're going to have to put our faith in the word of God and in the son of God. Right, Benny? Um, and it's only in doing that that we will begin to make sense of it. Right. It's only in, in, in really trusting in Jesus Christ and taking him at his word. Right. And, and if you're not a Christian, putting your faith in Christ and calling on him to be your Lord and Savior, as we said earlier. Um, and then as Christians, continuing to pursue Jesus Christ and to spend time with him, as we said in the in the opening, growing to know him and to walk with him and to obey him. Um, it's in this way that we we come to a deeper understanding, a deeper knowledge, a deeper insight, but it's never going to replace faith, right? In this life, we're going to have to continually walk, you know, by faith more and more and more. And our faith will grow as we, you know, as we apply ourselves to growing to know God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, right? Um, I believe it's Hebrews, what, 11.6 that says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God, right? So we, we are going to have to have faith. We're never going to understand it fully. But Jesus Christ is the center of it all, okay? Um, often we're surprised by the things he says. But again, wherever you are today in your life, again, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, do so now. You can rewind the, the tape to where, where we talked about that. And if you are in Jesus, then then begin this day to, to give your life to him a little more, spending a little more time with him, 
um, spending a little more time in your scriptures, right? More time in prayer and thanksgiving and praise and worship. And in so doing, you, you will find that your faith will grow, your desire for Jesus will grow, and you will begin to see the kingdom of God and you'll begin to understand it a little more if you have been born again through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, Father, we do thank you for the word of God. We thank you for these incredible scriptures, Father. We, Father, we thank you for the living truth. We thank you that, uh, Father, we understand that it's only in a spiritual rebirth that we can, um, we can see the kingdom of God, that we can have eyes that see and ears that hear. And it's only in a spiritual rebirth that our sins can be forgiven and that we can go to heaven and spend eternity with you and with our Lord Jesus and with you, Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we just thank you and we praise you again for the incredible word of God. We thank you, Lord, for the truths that you gave Nicodemus, Lord, that we get to study them and understand them today. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal these truths to our hearts. We ask you to go ahead of us today. We thank you and praise you for your mercy and goodness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.